Hey guys, this is Patrick, co-host of All Downhill. Normally you'd hear pre-episode banter here, but for this episode instead, we've got a couple of quick announcement type things. First and foremost, I want to apologize personally for the delay between our last episode and this one. I started a new job a few weeks ago, and I've been all kinds of caught up in my new schedule, and so I haven't gotten around to editing this for a while. It's my fault straight up, Mike is innocent. But I think I'm finally getting into the swing of things, so we should be back on track for weekly episodes from here on out. Second, even though we're a few weeks off track, we are still aiming for our 52 episodes in 2016 resolution. We're going to try to put out a couple back episodes as well as some maybe bonus type shorter episodes to help nudge our way back towards the goal. Third, we've been planning out some really cool episodes coming up, like really cool stuff. And we're going to be posting more regularly on our Twitter at All Downhill Show and Facebook, facebook.com slash All Downhill Show, as well as in the news section on the All Downhill website, alternative-internet.com slash All Downhill, to let you guys know about some of these as well as some other stuff about what we haven't planned and also to keep you in the loop if we have any more delays or anything like that. We're going to try to be a little more uh, communicative about that from here on out. Fourth, we want to thank you guys once again for tuning in. That's a big deal for us. We're still basically kind of in a getting started stage with all this, and without you people sticking around, uh, sticking with us through it, um, even those of you tuning in for your first time, just people listening, you know, that makes it all worth it for us, and it would be a lot tougher to do without you guys. We love you, not in a creepy way. Last but not least, this episode is a two-part episode. The first and second half of this episode are the first two-thirds of our conversation on gun control. They will be discussing the concept of a militia and school shootings, which we think are two big parts of the so-called gun control debate in America. The third part of our conversation, which will be on smart guns and other gun technology, will uh, make up the first half of our next episode, which we hope to have out in a couple of days, uh, so you can kind of just go listen to the whole thing. Thing. So stay tuned for that, and once again, thank you for listening. Without further ado, here's the show. For Saturday, February 13th, this is All Downhill. This episode, Gun Control, Part 1, School Shootings and malicious. I'm Patrick Simmons. And I'm Mike Little. And this is All Downhill, and we're going to talk about gun control. Yay! <laughs> because, because we like to talk about fun light subjects that everyone agrees on. Yeah, there's no controversy here, guys. We just wanted to have a fun show that is just straight. These are the facts, and this is what everyone agrees on. <laughs> so, something that, no matter what side of the fence you're on, if you're liberal, you're conservative, you're libertarian, you're a constitutionalist, you're an anarchist, you're a communist, whatever. We're pretty sure everyone agrees on gun control. I think everyone agrees that it is a thing that people talk about. I was wondering how you're going to get out of that one, but I think that was probably the only way you could have gone with that. I I think that's about as far as agreement gets. So we've got a lot of stuff this we, week. We have a lot to talk about um, this, this week. This is I I kind of I kind of threw this as a topic because we were we were trying to decide what we we're going to podcast on. I just threw this out as a random thing, and I'm like, hey, this is a thing that people are talking about. And then we have a million articles that we're going to source uh, here uh, for you guys. So if yeah. you want to check any yeah. of this out, we have a million articles for you today. This is a sort of hot button issue right now because of President Obama's executive um, order. Executive order where he you know where he, he came before the public cried like a bitch, told us about his executive orders on gun control, which are, we're not going to get into things like the enforceability of them and stuff, because there's been, there's a lot of commentary on that, 
if you want to go out and take the time to look it up, as to whether or not they're enforceable, whether or not they mean anything, whether or not anyone anywhere will listen to them. Or even the legality of his executive order. I don't give a yeah, shit about it's, that right none now. None of that is... It's not that it's not important. It's not what we're going to talk about. We're more concerned with the core issue of gun control in itself in terms of like, whether it's necessary, what pushes for it, some some of the things that lead to it, and some of the more current questions concerning it, such as issues about smart gun technology. Uh, the first thing I want to open with here, uh, and this is something you found, it's a mass shootings with four more fatalities by year. Uh, and this is posted uh, on Northwestern Northeastern University from the FBI's statistics on science of us uh which is part of new york is part of new york magazine so they were they have a statistic here and 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 a lot of people you know are throwing around statistics here there and another thing and yeah whatnot uh this has seemed like the most reasonable one to to us as far as what we could find so but fairly we figured new york magazine is a more neutral ground than a lot of places we're gonna find yeah and plus want to go citing cnn or fox yeah and and they're they're drawing from fbi statistics here and what and what the fbi and presumably is is calling a mass shooting uh and this is again four more people i think some people this is this is not a statistic on gun violence or or murders this is a statistic on mass shootings there are a lot of people who are saying that you know gun violence it's a mass shooting if it's more than like two or three people People. Right. And, yeah. Because you have a that's... lot of people say gun violence in America is going down as gun ownership goes up, and other people say that's not true. We're not getting we're not getting into the statistics on that. We're focusing on mass shootings mostly because the president's recent comments focused on mass shootings. Not that they're the only thing that matters, but they are a significant amount of it. We'll get into other types of violence as this goes on, but mass shootings are sort of a, a general trigger. I guess, they're they're very emotional. It's very Dude, easy to get emotional. They tumbler people. They, yeah. They they get that's my new word for triggering. Media media attention mass events if if some kid accidentally gets a hold of their parents gun and shoots themselves you don't tend to see executive orders based on it whereas mass shootings lead towards much more more public outcry and much Mm -hmm. more action so this is mass shooting statistics well and the thing that kind of strikes me about this about this thing here and this goes from 1976 to 2011 so it's taken out the like the last you know it's not extremely current but it's showing a general trend yeah so based on what i've seen here really from 1976 to about 2000 and looks like about 2004 there was basically up and downwards of between you know 30 and 10 and it seemed to levelize off in the last like 10 years to right around 20 right mass shootings a year right? mass shootings a yeah. year yeah, yeah yeah and it's kind of levelized and then if we look at the victims per year it's you know it's all over the place it's from 30 to about 140 a year we're growing a little bit number of victims but we're levelizing in terms of how many shootings so really it, it looks like we were kind of almost hitting a plateau yeah really yeah um it's kind of one of those bizarre things like you don't really want obviously we want to have zero in both of these yeah no we're not we're not trying to argue that 20 mass shootings is no big deal and any number one mass shooting is a fairly big deal yeah and there's there's nothing wrong with that but i i'm just saying as far as a statistic wise a lot of people say well gun shootings are on the you know mass shootings are on the rise and again this doesn't take into account the last you know four years years. so it could be a little bit higher i don't know but it seems to levelize based on what this graph is so we've really got this case where we've got a status quo i think is what what we have yeah and i think that's what i think that's what the president and everyone else who's calling for gun control and everyone on the other side is calling for saying, look, we've got this, especially on the, on the gun control side is like, we've got the status quo of people getting shot every year. What are we going to do about Mm -hmm. it? And that's Mm -hmm. where all of this stems from. 
And you actually posted a really good article from The New Yorker called Thresholds of Violence. Ma- uh, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. want to talk Gladwell. about that one a little bit? Sure, yeah. So Malcolm Gladwell's article is discussing specifically school shootings, which while they are uh, sort of a segment of gun violence, obviously, they're not the full story. They are the story you hear about a lot, Sandy Hook being an obvious one. But if we're really going to go back, you you hear about Columbine. Interestingly, at least to me, you don't hear about Columbine as much anymore. Actually. No, you don't. But that used to be like, that was the gold standard. <laughs> Not in a yeah. good way. That was a gold standard, though, for school shootings. Whether you were pro-gun control or just studying school shootings, Columbine was a gold standard. What's interesting is, though, as this article gets into, uh, Gladwell talks to a lot of sociologists about the sort of effect of school shootings in general, but Columbine in particular, as being a gold standing for school shooters. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a thing that people are emulating. Uh, and there's yeah. another article that we've got where it's talking about the copycat. And yeah, the rise it's, of the copycat. It, it's Columbine um, is, it, there's an effect of it. And one of the things he discusses is these sociologists who talk about this sort of snowball effect where your average individual would not go out and say, start a riot. But once you start to see a couple people doing it, once one person does it, someone else who has a low threshold is going to join. And as more people join, the threshold necessary for an individual to go, I can do that too, is going to keep, yeah, it's going to keep going it's, up. Because the more people you see doing it, essentially individuals have a threshold for the point where they go, oh, I'll do that too. And this is basically discussing that threshold in reference to school shootings, not saying that everybody would do a school shooting if enough people were doing it, but essentially, but in that direction the more school shootings happen the more people are actually likely to do a school shooting guns are irrelevant to it in a sense now guns are relevant in the sense that they're done with gun mm-hmm. so it is something that you know concerns gun control and guns are relevant in the sense that because a lot of school shootings emulate and copycat other school shootings especially columbine because again it is held among a lot of school shooters as the gold standard columbine and the columbine shooters are the perfection of a school shooting other mm-hmm. school shooters legitimately talk about trying to be like them and so guns are important to them in that sense because it's what they use well and and the funny thing is like you could you could uh if you went into the school and you had like a couple big ass knives you could still shank up a a bunch of people with a couple knives but the instant but the instance is to be as much like Columbine as possible seems to be a very consistent thing. I think that they did that. I think that the reason why that's so important is because I think you, you'll see a trend with especially the shooting perpetrators. They've gotten younger as we've progressed from, you know, the 70s and onward when this when this graph was, was in place. And that, that seems to be the case because a lot of the mm-hmm. older shooters before Columbine were they were older. They weren't high school students. A lot of them were middle-aged, you know, sometimes early 20s, stuff like that, but they were older. They weren't in high school. Yeah. And then you see after Columbine, most of the big school shooters were uh, people who are in school. People. It's younger um, people or people who are from that school and recently graduated, people yeah. in college age, like Virginia Tech yeah. Um, yeah. shooting, stuff yeah. like that. It's you people have... from the area. And it's also, you tend to see a lot more of this Columbine-esque focus on numbers. You tend to hear a whole lot of, I never would have expected X to do that. Mm-hmm. But you also tend to hear a whole lot of X was kind of a loner. X being the school shooter here was kind of a loner. Which is interesting because you see these people, the Columbine kids were generally loners. But you start to see a whole lot of the people who emulate them, not only emulating their lonerness, but using, it, it doesn't seem to be, oh, we're loners, so we're going to shoot up a school. It's, we're 
We're loners, so we have the time to get obsessive or interested in something. And you see a lot of these school shooters get very obsessive about it, to the point where when they're carrying it out, it, it doesn't appear to be, as Gladwell's trying to, I think, point out here, is it's less of a, you're shooting up a school because you're necessarily angry, and more of you're shooting up a school because you're so obsessed with school shooting as a concept, and maybe at some level you'll work yourself into being angry. Maybe you already are angry. Those could be factors, but irregardless, and the person who the article really is heavily concerned with, here. it's John, isn't it? John, John Ledoux. Ledoux. Yeah, John yeah, Ledoux. John Ledoux. Uh, who is a, a school shooter who was caught and never carried out a shooting. But in people like him especially, you see this trend of an obsession with the shooting to the point where carrying it out is just a part of a system. Yeah. He, he mentions that he that he was going to kill his family. Yeah, and I've got it right here. Yeah. It's, um, I, it's it's like uh, Ledoux. I forgot to mention a detail. Uh, before that day, I was planning to dispose of my family, too. And this is in an interview with him and the, with the police, police officer. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention a detail. Before that day, I was planning to dispose of my family, too. A police officer responded, why would you dispose of your family? What have they done? And Ledoux's response, which I think is the most chilling aspect of this entire story, is they did nothing wrong. I wanted as many victims as possible. Which some people, I think, would say, and I, it's hard not to say it, that Ledoux is disturbed. And Ledoux wasn't just... You using guns though he was using bombs and making explosives yeah, which again is also a factor in a lot of school shootings that a lot of people forget because they don't always get used yeah 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 but, but usually most shooters have them even the san bernardino shooters which they is had not bomb a making shooting. materials they had yeah. bomb making materials they just didn't end up using any of the bombs it, it's an interesting scenario and it's interesting to think about in terms of people like to talk about violence and the purveyance of violence and this and that and the other they don't focus on this sort of sociological aspect to it where it's a snowball effect and, and i'm not saying this again isn't saying so don't ban guns because it's people or this weird obsession this is also not saying do ban guns because it lets people get this kind of obsession. Well, here's the thing too. I think I think the thing that that really was the 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 focus of all of these articles um, was really that it's a formula that the Columbine shooters really started yeah. with. Because I feel like in my mind, you could do a lot more damage with bombs and Molotov cocktails than you can if with you guns. If you were careful, yeah. If you were careful, like if if he went into the school and he planted bombs. And he went in there and he threw a bunch of Molotov cocktails on the doors so that people couldn't get out and set off the bombs. He could have taken down the whole school. And, and that, but that's the thing is, it's again, it's, but it's not, not about, about, yeah, it's about, it's not, it's, it's about numbers, but it's also about the formula. And that's, again, it's pro and anti gun control. It's, it's pro in the sense of because things like guns seem necessary for them. And because even without the necessity of the formula for guns, the fact that they do allow it to be done efficiently in a sense does make them dangerous on the other hand against gun control controlling guns isn't the problem because controlling guns doesn't fix the fact that there's this formula people are doing it's not ownership of a gun is not making you shoot up a school it's following of this formula and even beyond the school shooters in this formula ownership of a gun never makes you shoot up anything it's, no it's you wanting to shoot up something so there's it, there's something to be said for trying it's to an, it's really enabling it. you at yeah. that point it's if you there, I, if i have a gun am i likely to use it on am i likely to go out and use it on a target yes but if i'm the type of person who is you know would i use it on a person well i don't know would i i think i might then you start to get to the point of if you have that discussion with yourself and you really think that you could do that, then having the gun just really enables you to do it. Right. Um, more so than the gun is is calling to you to murder people. Which, which is sort of, that's the importance of Gladwell's article, is that it... 
in addition to being phenomenally interesting and in that it really gets into the sort I was of really mind into of it's a very long article but I was very into it I yeah, really like it I'm more included in the sources for people who really want to get into it because again it can't we could probably spend a whole episode on it but we're not going to it very carefully covers that important point that banning guns and he's not making this point but it's sort of implicit there banning guns does not solve this problem there is a deeper rooted effect that has nothing to do with like the American obsession with guns, as people like to put it. There, there and there are a... some people that are obsessed with yeah, guns. Yeah, it's not that that's not a thing, but that is not, especially in the things like the school shootings, that does not seem to be at all, really, the sort of defining factor. The defining factor is this strange copycat Columbine yeah, effect. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too. If we had if we had no guns, and, and, and I tried, and I know we both tried to get statistics on England's stabbing rates yeah. versus the gun rates here, and I know that there's a lot of contention between it. And I'm not going to give any, I'm not going to say that one's worse than the other, but there's a lot of stabbing violence yes. in the UK. And if you take away one thing, um, if you take away guns, people are still going to find a way to fuck with each other. And yeah. I think at the end of the day, that's really where this, where especially this article is getting into. You know, it's the psychology of the people. Guns enable you to do something easier. It's more efficient. Yeah. You don't have to go out and make a bomb. You know, because bombs, right. while they might do the maximum amount of damage, you know, that look at the Unabomber. Look at him. But you don't, you don't have to go out and buy all the necessary components. All you do is go buy one buy one gun or, or steal, two or steal, or steal it. it. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, steal it from your parents, grandparents, whoever, a friend, and then buy some rounds. Yeah. That's and, what you and, have to do. And again, that's obviously Gladwell's not really making a point about guns at all. He's making an observation of school shooters, but that is the important takeaway that I, that I wanted to get to by including this article at all in our discussion today is, uh, again, no amount of pleasant thoughts or crying about it will mean that gun control solves the problem. Gun control doesn't address this very core issue. It, yeah. it, it addresses an enablement item, but it does not address the core issue. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back to discuss, I think, the concept of a well-armed militia and what that really means. Yes? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. Are you interested in advertising on All Downhill? If so, email Patrick Simmons, patrick at alternative-internet.com for inquiries. Or if you're not interested in advertising, let's say you're just an average listener, be sure to visit alternative-internet.com slash alldownhill, where you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, ways to get in touch with us, let us know how you think the show's going, and even our free sticker offer. Right now you can get free All Downhill stickers, they're very cool swag, you don't have to basically do anything other than let us know you want them, and we'll send them to you free, we even paid them. Be sure to hit us up on iTunes and give us a rating. It really helps us out, lets us know how we're doing, and helps people find the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and now, back to the show. Okay, so we're back, and we're going to talk about... A well-regulated militia. This is kind of more of a of a change in pace, really. So we're sending guns to Syrian militias. Yes, and, and the the reason I wanted to bring that up because I'm the one I, th I think initially mentioned that we should yeah. talk today about that is because people talk a lot about the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state, the right of citizens to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Vaguely, yeah, I think that's. That's close you've, to the right You've got way. it, yeah, basically. And a lot of people discuss this whole idea of 
a militia as the citizens ability essentially to uprise against their government and if necessary if necessary mm-hmm. yeah and there are more meanings to a militia than that we're gonna link to in our sources a very long convoluted and actually rather poorly written if interestingly researched article on a very pro-gun control site about this i don't want to talk about it too much but it, it talks a lot about uh different meanings of the word militia and things and, and he goes into he pulls he pulls a founding fathers letters to each other it's yes. very well researched and, and, if and not from disjointed. lawyers and all kinds of other stuff and it, it is very and even from the supreme things, court as but well it's, it's very it, it's an interesting read if nothing else doesn't matter if you agree with it it's more about its sources that make it interesting but the point is that a militia regardless of the fact that, of the different ways you can interpret militia one way it is very commonly interpreted is this ability for the people to if necessary protect themselves from their own government and you hear a lot of people talk about like why do you need to protect yourself from your own government and so on and so forth daily co wrote an article that I'll try to have in the citations here and uh, the Daily Coast article mentions that the issue with the militia in America is that it's not well regulated and because it is not well regulated the rights must be infringed until the militia is well regulated but well regulated itself becomes an interesting question because who is to regulate it and at what point does government regulation eliminate the ability of a militia to rise up against the government which again some people think it shouldn't be able to do but the, the core reason bringing any of that at all is a a lot of people think the point of a militia is to be able to rise up against the government if necessary. And and they think that because part of, remember, the whole reason America exists was a rise up against the British government. And now there's a lot of talk about the dangers of that and, you know, the guns in the hand of crazies and stuff. Like and you have the, yeah. like the whole Clive and Bundy situation out in, sure. out in, uh, where is that, uh, Idaho or something? Oregon. Oregon, Oregon. that's right. Um, Which again, that would be its whole, a whole other episode thing to talk yeah. about. But, but the, the important, interesting issue of it is, is here we have this government that's talking about how, well, we can't have people have guns. They might get in the hands of crazies or whatnot. And people are saying they need them to rise up against the government. But do we really want people afraid of their government? Or does the government really need to be afraid of their people? But meanwhile, this same administration, and it's not, again, as much as this is critical of the Obama one, every administration in recent years, Bush ones, Clinton ones, whatever, have done this, I think, in some country to some degree. The big one is Afghanistan in the 80s. The big one being Afghanistan in the 80s have sent arms to arm rebels to go up against a government in another country. Now, I get we're not in the midst of an active rebellion. And if we were, it wouldn't be our government we would look to for guns. If we would look to someone, to a government for guns, it would be a different government. Well, in, in, in the Revolutionary War, it was France. Yes. We got guns and support from France. Yes. So, so again, obviously, in a sense, sure, it makes sense for the U.S. government to go, no, we don't want our citizens to have guns and rebel against this, just as you wouldn't expect the Syrian government to arm Syrian rebels. But we're doing it, and it is interestingly hypocritical. Well, on one hand, totally sensible to say, I wouldn't arm my own people to go up against me, but I would arm other people to go up against their leaders. On the other hand, that's also hypocritical. Yeah. It, it, it falls in both camps. Yeah, you wouldn't want anyone to attack you. You might not have a problem with them attacking someone else. But on the, on the other hand, you can't say, no, guns are bad. People shouldn't be able to rise up the, against their government while literally supporting other people doing just that. Well, and that was kind of what – and that's a, that's a funny thing that a lot of people kind of like – I think everyone knows the story of – you know, in America, we're taught like the in kindergarten, the first, you know, whenever we start history, we learn about the Revolutionary War. We learn about the about the Pilgrims, the history of America. That's all we learn about until we're like in college, and then we learn whatever. Yeah, it, and it's, it's all very, kind of dumbed down. It's, very, it's dumbed down. Yes. 
But, you know, we learn about, you know, being counter to, at the very least, there's some fundamental issue in all of that teaching, whether it's dumbed down for little kids or not, of rebelling against something that is being oppressive to you. Yes. There is some level of that, whether it's the big one is the Boston Tea Party, because everybody loves to dress up as Indians and throw things into the water. Like, (laughs) that's, that. I mean, I know we did that at school one day for a Boston Tea Party thing. We all dressed up as Indians and we threw things into like a thing, I don't know, or whatever. Wait, really? I did, yeah. When I was actually in school, um, Um, I I did that. Um, But I was like in third grade. I think, I think, because you know, you you were starting to be homeschooled in second grade. We got that in third grade. Okay, so you didn't get that there. Um, I'm fairly certain today's climate that would be considered racist. That would be. uh, It would be racist. But like, so we we did that. You know, just to prove a point. But I think uh, really the biggest thing is that at its core, at some point, there is a in any way that we teach this, it's all about being fundamentally opposed to someone being oppressive to you. And yeah. what's the best way of, of doing that? Well, you can say, you know, we, we did try to send representative. We, we tried to be, America did try to, at the very least in some way, try to be represented. But, yeah. you know, it was an absolute monarchy. So we couldn't really do that. The, well, not really sure. an absolute at the time, but there was still the parliament. There was still the monarchy that you had. So it ended up, it ended up going to, well, we're going to, physically revolt because we have guns so we have guns and hey the france can you come over here and help us out sure they came over helped us out so at the core america is really just a we're place, a country based on we're a country based on overthrowing oppression yeah and the fundamental like if we didn't have guns that would have ended real fucking quick if yeah. we didn't have outside yeah. help that would have ended real fucking and that's quick. and that's when people because you get people today who will say well for self-defense you don't need an automatic assault rifle or whatever yeah not for self-defense against like your average burglar but an important issue that a lot of people bring up is self-defense against an oppressive government and if by some chance the government came became oppressive some people would argue it already is but that's irrelevant if it became oppressive to the point that a revolution was needed like has happened at one point in our country happens on what apparently is a pretty regular basis in, in some other a lot countries. of other countries yeah the last thing you can't say this whole well, and you, we don't want them to have assault rifles no because you need the exact kind of weapons your government has yeah and that's the funny thing because we're <laughs> not the that government... I'm, gonna, I'm not going to advocate that by the way your average person should have nukes that's a little different you know this this that's isn't fallout not... we don't have we don't yeah. Have because nuke, then, nuke then you're not, you, you can't all... you can't exactly nuke the government without hitting civilians. Much like the government probably the the American government would have a difficult time nuking um, American civilian populations without hitting probably government supporters. To be fair, though, know? the only government, but... the only non, the only civilians in D.C. are lobbyists and prostitutes, from what I hear. So you wouldn't lose much. You wouldn't lose but, much. Um, but um, <laughs> the, the, you know, the general point still being, you can't then say no assault rifles aren't necessary. Well, does the military have them? Well, then they might be because any part of the military that in that kind of theoretical situation remains loyal to the government is then the problem yeah and and here's the other thing too i mean we really have going back to it it's it's really just a we have a very long history of saying we we have guns we like promoting freedom quote unquote we, right. we promote freedom and democracy across across the world we were ourselves a product of that thank you france so we're going to continue that and, and I, we like we're to not, give we're, not we're giving guns yeah we're not advocating current rebellion no we're, we're advocating a status quo being maintained where the government not, maintains not a fear of its citizens but a, a mutual a respect not no we don't no well, we don't no, the opposite. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I yeah. don't want the, go- the government. We're yeah, not yeah, saying yeah. the government should fear its people. It, it, because when people, the people shouldn't feel the go- fear the government. The government should fear the people. Ideally, 
People should respect the government, and the government should respect the people. Unfortunately, because of essentially human nature, and the nature of any ruling body ruling over other people, elected and representative or not, that risk exists, and this is uh, the militia idea, is to mitigate it. Yeah, well, and if you if you fear the government, then the government is, you know, basically there's going to be some oppression one way or the other. If sure. the government fears the people, then there's going to be oppression one way or the other. So you if don't, not oppression, if, if, an ineffective government. An ineffective government. So you're going to have, let's say, the government fears the people. Then the people are going to dictate it and all sorts of weird, wacky things are going to happen. That's just going to be, it's going to be ineffective. If you get, uh, you know, people who fear the government, then you're just going to have, you're still going to not going to have an effective government and it's just going to be just a fascist state where you're just like living in fear. Yes. So you have this, it, it's a check and balance is what it is, which is what the United States was built on. And we are trying to get that mentality throughout the world and we're doing it by what? Giving people guns in other countries. Yeah. And yet at the same time in our own country, we're saying we're going to take away your guns now and that's not saying that you know again we're not going to take away you know your guns you can keep those if you like your health care i'm sorry wait a minute did i say that no <laughs> um, no i'm just i have to bring that in because that's always a funny quote yeah, to bring in no, but, it, but but it's true it's true uh, you do get a whole lot of the government saying yeah. you can do this and then no you can't yeah you um, can't i mean i'm not saying that everybody needs to have an assault rifle that's no, not what I'm no, saying. No, no, I don't no, no. own an assault rifle. That's the other thing. It's a check and balance. If the government has a healthy respect for the rights of their people. And again, it comes back to the gun. It's a deadly weapon, but it's yeah. not necessarily causing violence. It's just giving an opportunity to you to do violence. And I think it really yes. comes back to a personal... Um, and, again, that, and again, that part applies specifically, really, to things like assault rifles. I mean, your average, a hunting rifle is a tool. Uh, you know, you're going to get people to make the argument, killing animals is still killing whatever. Shut up. To this argument. You're insignificant to this argument. Because a hunting rifle is a different kind of thing. A target shooting, you know, your average target shooting twenty two is a different thing. And because a lot of gun control supporters will try to make that argument, well then, yeah, you can keep your hunting rifles and your target shooting things, but you can't keep anything that would really do damage like an assault rifle but the problem is unfortunately that's the status quo for this third category of owning a gun which is this mitigation of essentially tyranny the, the possible yeah. mitigation of tyranny that one would hope you never have to use. One well, would yeah. hope you keep an assault rifle and the most you ever do with it is go out to the range and enjoy the fact that you can blow off 50 rounds at once and never hit the target. And it's extraordinarily kind of expensive, too, yeah. is yeah. the thing. Well, and, and here's the, like, yeah, you've got three categories. You have one, it's a tool for sustenance. Yeah. Two, it's self-defense. It's self-defense. Uh, and those are handguns. Self, well, self-defense, self-defense divides into two groups. I would say self-defense is self-defense against the government, self-defense against your average intruder or whatever. Okay, well, let's just say self-defense. Okay. And then, and then, um, the defense, militia and then militia okay, category. Yeah. Well, see, because then I, I still want to throw in category four. There is still the sport category. I, I, again, and I get, you know, yes, guns are a very dangerous kind of sport. Target shooting is, in a sense, dangerous. Safety regulations aside, because you're, maybe you're shooting, you're, too, you're shooting a target with something dangerous. But it's, you know, it's in the Olympics. We have the yeah. biathlons where you ski and then shoot targets. It's, it's a thing. Um, yeah, it's dangerous, but on the other hand, I mean, stock car racing is not exactly Skiing the Skiing is dangerous. Anything as well. that is fun, and this is sort of exaggerating, but if it's fun, it probably has a chance to kill you. So I'm willing to say people can keep target shooting guns, dangerous or not, for the same reason people can keep race cars, which are fairly dangerous. That's another thing too. We don't have the statistics here. You can, you can buy and drive a car when you're 16. Sure. And cars, I think, are the most lethal thing. That's what car car accidents and car wrecks, you know, outside of, you know, I guess heart disease and heart attacks, 
cause the most deaths in the U.S. than any other thing. Car accidents uh, kill huge numbers of people all the time. And I get people always say, well, you can't ban cars like you could ban guns because cars aren't meant to do that and guns are meant to do this. But the thing is, guns... Yeah, they are usually meant to kill or wound and cars aren't, but that doesn't change the fact that the the reason you might be buying it might be different. You you know, if you're buying a gun for target shooting, then no, that gun isn't meant to kill or wound. That gun's meant for target shooting. And most target shooting guns are different calibers and things for a very for that reason. Whereas, yeah, most target shooting guns are like low calibers. Yeah. Um and hunting guns are usually a very different kind of a gun than an assault rifle. They're usually meant for, you know, bagging a deer and bringing home some food. Cars are meant for bringing you from point A to point B, but that's not stopping them from killing you. Well, and recently there was a lady in Las... It's not uh, perfectly Las... analogous, yeah. but it's... There was a lady in Las Vegas you know. who, um, and I, th- I think it was Las Vegas, who uh, ran over, a bunch, ran over a bunch of people in a car intentionally. Yes. That was with a car. That was with a car. So, which, that is another excellent it's point. It's all about the personal say, intent of yeah. the person. You can and that's say, the point. That, that, that's a very good point in the sense of people will say, guns are meant to kill people, and other people say, well, they don't have to be used that way. Cars aren't meant to kill people and do by accident. Yeah, well, you can also use them that way on purpose. In fact, if I was going to kill somebody, I'd probably use a car... Because then, at the very least, it might somehow, if I really try, make it look like an accident. Uh, I mean, if I'm shooting somebody with a gun. There's your advice for the day. <laughs> but So that's that's segment two. That's this idea that a, a well-regulated militia and, and this interesting hypocrisy of it's fine if we arm rebels in another country, but it's not fine if we arm potential rebels here is a strange type of hypocrisy. And then those rebels go on to become Al-Qaeda and then bomb the World we, Trade Center. That's before we get into, yeah, I don't want to get into George law. W. Bush. Because the, he did spaghetti. The obvious law of unintended consequences. You arm the Syrian rebels, you have ISIS. I mean, you you know, you arm the Afghanistan rebels, you have Al Qaeda. I don't want to get into the law of unintended consequences too much of that because it's the same thing. You arm your own people to make this mitigation. Yeah, you might have a rebellion. Yeah, you might have shooters. And then you get dumbasses like Clive and Bundy. Still falls in the same law of unintended consequences. Still yeah. falls in the same law of unintended yeah, consequences. Yeah, that. And I think it really, it's just all about the personal responsibility of the person. And the yes. Persons. And I, I think that. Comes... Which ties in nicely to. Smart guns, which we're talking about next. You've been listening to All Downhill. For more information about the topics discussed in this episode, including sources and other show notes, visit our website, alternative-internet.com slash alldownhill. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash alldownhillshow, and Twitter, at alldownhillshow. The music used in this episode was Churches by Telepathic Teddy Bear and is licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution license. For advertising information and other inquiries, email patrick at alternative-internet.com. Thank you for listening.